0: everyone this is the 23rd episode of the pedal podcast and I had Kieran Skinner with me who is working for Skylab which is a data analyst company it's really really important to to analyze the data even at the amateur level and um, Kieran has a track record of driving change and maximizing the opportunities in sport by leveraging technology, his insight, experience, so to remain at the forefront of the industry. He has created valuable work across the UK and North America that has led to a powerful and positive change in sport and business. He has projects uh, which include developing products uh, B2B and SAAS, consulting on high-performance solutions in elite sports and leading education programs. He is a great communicator, enthusiastic, and intuitive with an eye for opportunities. And he was just fun to talk to, really. It was uh, great to talk about how professional this thing can be. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Hope you will too. And uh, let us know how you liked it. And yeah, just um, please go on listen to the pedal podcast hi everyone this is the 23rd episode of the pedal podcast and i've got kieran skinner with me today and we're going to talk about something really interesting and and um, kieran reached out to me in the first place in linkedin which is one of my favorite platforms uh, since i started the podcast um and and he just said that look i really like your work and i think it would be quite good to do something together we already had a chat um a few days ago and we instantly clicked and um and yeah karen is now on the podcast welcome how you doing
1: hello dennis i'm all well thank you um we're speaking now on a friday afternoon f- so still bringing a lot of energy despite it being this time after a busy week but no it's a real pleasure to be um like a guest on your podcast have listened to your episodes and For me, I've always got great energy talking to a lot of different people in the paddle industry, and I think that reflects the the community. So looking forward to this chat and where it leads us. It's certainly an interesting space, um, and let's see where we can go. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, So... How now, like you listen to a, a couple of episodes as well, and, and you know that I, I usually introduce everyone before we, we actually start the chat itself. So I'm not going to say much, but you are business development in Skylab slash Dartfish which is a platform which you will tell us a lot about, or like, you know, a program or or a startup, or, you know, we can we can call it however we would like. And and you're doing a lot of sports related um, goods,
1: let's put it that way. But how did you get into Paddle? Okay, I'm business development at Skylab. The product um, is in partnership with Dartfish, which we'll run through. But that'll make sense about like that special partnership when we come onto it. But my introduction into Paddle, Um, it's quite interesting so across me and my colleagues we've worked across lots of different sports and we've worked really heavily in tennis previously um, and football rugby multiple different sports but we wanted to be able to use our insight expertise and experience to find an emerging sport here in the UK to be able to test some new ideas out have kind of a new landscape to have a run at things and it was last August at a FitBrise event in Derby where we thought, look, let's jump in the car, let's turn up and let's see what we can do. And at that time, it was my colleague, uh, Zach, with support from the colleague, uh, Connor, two brilliant performance analysts who very much said, look, let us get the capture the footage, let's capture the, the games there and then and generate some data. And with the infrastructure that we set up back then with some business intelligence tools, We'd be able to present that data pretty much live on a tablet in front of players and coaches in in the big hall that they've got there. So for us, it was kind of like let's first put our feet into into paddle, let's see what we can do, and see what the reaction is. It could have been that they say, "Oh no, we use this already," or "What is this?" or "I'm not interested," or like, and the doors are closed. But to our delight. Everyone wanted a conversation. Everyone was like, wow, what is this? Where did you get this from? Is this magic? And they could see them taking some of the insights that they saw there into their next games. That's how quick they'll be able to take some of the insights that we delivered into them applying a little bit of strategy or maybe thinking less about gut feel of their mistakes or where they worked quite well in the last game and being able to have a look with something a lot more evidence-based and take that a little bit further. But for us, that's where we started. And that's what gave us a lot more impetus, energy and purpose, really, to be able to say, look, this is a really interesting sport. There's space for us to grow and have a bit of impact or add some value. Um, and that's where it's brought us to to this today where we, we launched a product two months ago. So let's just uh, try to
0: unravel this. So you're working for Skylab and you're mm-hmm. doing something called the Dartfish. So let's talk about Skylab, first of all. What is Skylab? What's your mission? What are you doing? Um, yeah just just uh, fill us in on what that is
1: awesome Skylab is a strategic digital partner and like we'll work with sporting organizations whether it be like a national governing body a football team um or events in sport any sport and organization really that is looking for for us to be able to use our experience and expertise to make a positive difference through technology so we'll partner and like crucially clients will partner with us um to engineer like bespoke solutions, whether it be their digital environments, website applications for fan engagement or driving participation to get the most out of technology really to like enable powerful, positive change in sport. So that could be pushing boundaries through human performance. That could be activations to be able to retain, attract new participants in athletics, for example. Um, and then we also have a performance analysis division that we call Skyline BPA, And that there are that kind of makes our unique, often really different for the market. Where we understand one how to have make things look beautiful and craft things in a digital environment that can target and access people's mobile phones, TV broadcast, um, and online. But also being able to understand the sport from a science and coaching point of view of being able to cut through the noise, data in sport, provide clarity a deeper understanding of the game and it's that blend together where we can enable sports team and organizations to really make better decisions in sport and that isn't always just for like high performance or the performance side of sport that could also be for like governance um attracting amateur sport uh, engaging that route and that's where like it's quite interesting in where paddle is in the uk that we might come on to and then our For this product, specifically in Paddle, we've partnered with another company called Dartfish, who are leaders in performance analysis technology. They're the video platform that is the video engine behind the Paddle product. Um, And then we're the performance analysis, the reporting, the data infrastructure behind that too. So a really cool combination that we can bring to the market with speed and it's accessible. um, And it's kind of a perfect match, really.
0: Why Paddle? why uh, you you mentioned a lot of sports and and why i just asked the question why pedal is that obviously you could have picked pickleball for example in the states which is obviously growing like crazy or now tennis is in a pretty good place in in the uk Mm. still i mean it's it's getting it's for me, it's it's not the easiest to talk about tennis because I love tennis to bits. And when I see that more and more people in the UK, especially more and more people are actually converted to different sports. Like they, they do play uh, paddle. They do play some of them pickleball. So why did you pick paddle? Why? why <laughs> The funny, funny question, which I could ask is why are you actually featuring in a paddle
1: podcast? Oh, of course. Uh, we want to create, obviously an impact with our work and being able to do what we do best, whether it be through performance analysis or data analysis or creative or working in sport generally, we wanted to be able to make an impact and we saw a huge opportunity in paddle um, just through its current landscape really. So we can watch any video or any sport and being able to generate really robust and accurate and deep data on what happens We didn't feel that there was a performance data set suitable for the like to do the sport justice, really. So we saw that as kind of like an open, open, open door into a market where let's do this ourselves off our own backs. Usually, sometimes it might be an event organizer or media rights or a governing body who would commission us to be able to do it on their behalf. But we thought, look, let's do this on ourselves. Let's create a really deep data set across the WT, WPT Masters tournaments and the FIP championships and also the events that we want to be able to like partner with to then provide practitioners such as players and coaches and analysts, if they have them, more information about the sport. So it's less it's less about gut. You'll be able to like add that layer of context to your match. You can explore data of the world's best. You can benchmark your game against the elite for your own development. And it starts then if we start to build that foundation, we can start to lead into talent identification, player development. How are you then coaching the next generation of paddle players across the world? And it's not limited, of course, just to to Great Britain. And then it helps the sport grow then. You've got something that's sustainable, something that you can build and benchmark Mm -hmm. upon. And it's one where we think we can have a really big impact in the sport. And also the other thing, the reason why we're working in it is because the sport was open for us to be able to run with this and do it. In some other sports, it may be a lot more red tape around accessibility, around being able to have them conversations with the people who are making decisions at the top of the sports to help us on our way. So yeah, it was accessible. The, the communities open. They'll tell us where we need. They've been great in terms of their insight who haven't worked in the sport for much longer than Skylab have to be able to help us grow and, and move in the right direction. So one, we're well-positioned to be able to have a big impact. And then two... For sport, we're really excited to have us involved and, um, and and grow with us, really.
0: And what is your background? So, what did you study? How did you end up at SkyLab, or or how did how did this uh, match made in heaven happened?
1: Oh no, that that's a good question. Personally, I've I've got a good track record in maximising opportunities in sport by leveraging technology that's come from having a good understanding of what practitioners need on a day-to-day basis and also having a good understanding of how we can leverage kind of one, really the the most talented people in, in Skylab in terms of what they can do, developing creative strategically to build beautiful, beautiful and incredible products. So it's for me, my speciality will be that conduit in between leveraging what we can do and then how we can really make a difference. So value down on the grass that we like to say, so background, I've worked on some amazing products, whether it be in the UK or across North America, um, whether it be enterprise SaaS products or consulting in high-performance solutions in elite sport or leading education programs in sport too. Um, before, I stepped into sport and technology. It was human biology in, in Sheffield and Liverpool. Um, so that's why I'm in the, in, in the north of England. But I've really enjoyed in terms of sport, can let you travel it can open up into some meet some incredible people at the top of their game and um, or people that want to be able to strive and do the best for for the way whether it be connecting with fans uniting communities or pushing the boundaries of human performance that we keep on doing
0: it's it's quite interesting that you said that the um, the pedal community was uh was really open to the idea and i and i uh cherish that a lot because what i find is is that paddle is is a, it's such a new thing that it's uh, it's great that a lot of people do want to get in on it uh, with with their special skill set which they brought over from different different uh, um, backgrounds and and also that they're they're really open to any idea and and they're really helpful and you know we we spoke about it many times on this podcast is that like we need more from everything like more players more courts more analysts uh more professional players more coaches more more record brands maybe not more record brands that's uh <laughs> that's, that's that's that might be an exaggeration because there's already i think there's a lot more record brands than than um than in tennis which is uh, kind of crazy to think about yeah. um and it's and it's <laughs> It's one more thing which which uh um I had a few guys um reaching out to me as well uh who are coming up with a with a record brand and I and I like to talk to them. I just wanna I just wanna um know why they actually came up with that idea that they wanna they wanna do a record brand out of nothing and, and they they are building their records from scratch and I'm like good luck mate like you know mm-hmm. there's already there's already brands which are 30 40 years old um as old as paddle pretty much and and they know what they're doing but and and then we've got like the adidas is the babalets and everything so yeah it's it's just an interesting one but but what what i really like and why i really like that you reached out is that skylab what you guys bring uh to the table is is not around and and that's a unique perspective to how how to tackle the professional or maybe even like you know sort of amateur level as mm-hmm. well to see cuz like i think i think it's a really i mean i can just only only talk about my my own experiences but like i i come from a really strong tennis background and and i picked it up and and i and i started to become better when i forgot that i'm a tennis player in a way i mean obviously yeah there's the, there's the muscle memory, but, but, you know, when, when you, when you actually realize, okay, like now you have to forget that. And now you have to basically look at the different, different positions and, and, and the different shots and reshuffle them. And it's great that you're helping with that because you have video analysis, you have, Mm -hmm. you have like one-to-ones with people. So that's, that's great. And, and uh, yeah, one of my, one of my next questions would be, um, on who are actually the partners who you're working with? What is it, Are those clubs? Are those individual players? Are
1: those professionals? How does that look like? Okay, um, that makes sense. So in terms of where this product is positioned, it's uh, targeted at professional paddle and also its tennis version organizations such as Governing Bodies, Elite Academy, top tier events and players. And then it opens the door really kind of into the specialist discipline of performance analysis. So providing practitioners or observers with objective information to their performance questions. It's a really interesting spot of where it's at and some of the things that you just touched on there, Dennis, which I think you can look at in two levels in terms of Skylab's value to the pedal industry would be you've always got to apply a different lens to some of your questions or your problems. So if everyone did in like a bubble did the same things tackling the same things you're not really going to burst that bubble and being able to progress or innovate or go further so I think why paddle has worked for for Skylab is because of that openness to be able to take insight from different sports and so not just tennis or squash or things like that but sport as a whole because there's similar problems but then a Skylab approach that like even further where we look outside of sport too sport is really insular sometimes and the same people will move from job to job and then they'll take what they've done or what they know best into there. And sometimes it can work a little bit slower. That's why in the UK emerging sports like paddle with this type of attitude can catch up really, really quickly because there's kind of no tradition. There's not a way we do things. It's kind of a bit more of an open run to be able to get where they need to be able to get to. There's obviously limiting things in terms of like courts and, and, like awareness or accessibility like that, which the LTA are looking with partners to be able to tackle. But that's why we chose an emerging sport to be able to, to work with. But we pitched a product, really, or built products that can really help the professionalization of paddle and high-performance teams that are still growing from small performance teams where it could be just the player themselves driving a lot of this and and the coach. So it was imperative, really, to create that like product that's easy to use with data available to analyze from day one. and then. Everyone's busy. Everyone's traveling. Players have also got a lot of the time their own day jobs. So to utilize the time, focus and impact of like yourself and your technical staff is a key consideration for us. Um, so we want to be able to like build that foundation where we can plug in and go from, from day one. Um, but I hope that that helps kind of answer why paddle in the current landscape now. Do you actually play paddle? Yes. Well I currently live in Sheffield and there isn't a court. So in terms of that problem of accessibility, um, I believe courts are coming next year. Um, it's not the easiest. So trauma travels. Um, it was interesting the first time we played. Um, it was at the paddle club in in Manchester and Wilmslow. Uh, they're really in, it kind to invite us along and it was must have been must have been a year ago because it was snowing and we were shoveling snow off the courts to be able to play. Um, we were, how keen we are. But myself previous squash player and my partner was Skylabs md chloe previous tennis player um so it was really interesting for the first time we picked up a bracket of what the two different types of styles were i was comfortable off the glass and the sidewall and so on and then chloe was like comfortable in terms of like stroke play over a net of course um and then a slight different we could see obviously different shots there but it was kind of that same kind of it started to get the addiction going from there um I need to fix this problem or the social element was there and then we picked up there if we had the last time i played was down at paddy mcanary wharf on their program event and um, which was which was a super event where it was obviously the vehicle to try and raise the profile of some of the for some of the gb players in the country which would be a super step forward
0: was it the one which just happened a year uh, uh, a week ago or the the first one or so, uh, okay, the so- most recent one yeah okay Okay. Yeah that that seemed like a really good event to be fair when I've uh, seen the the pairings it, it seemed like uh the uh, the amateurs were were like really well known. Uh, mm-hmm and the pros were really good so so that's what you want really to to get like the best players around and and I know max and I know no quite like I know the the padium team they like I had human um on on the podcast as well and 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 I've been to to the padium twice now and uh, glorious place glorious place mm-hmm. I I can say that like uh what I said in the beginning of this podcast as well is that we need we need more more of everything and and obviously we would need more high quality courts like padium is Mm-hmm. and um it's great that you that you did that and what i would su- i what i would propose to you is that skylab should be building a skylab dedicated uh, um center with, with maybe 2 3 Courts, which are absolutely uh, covered by dartfish cameras, and 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 to to do do something amazing up north as well, because uh, I know that the weather is not great, and 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 I know that that's that's one of the biggest uh, concern with the uh, planning as well, because obviously to to find the warehouse is the easier part, but to 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 get uh, courts in there and and all the all the hustle and bustle with it, it's just not an easy thing to do. Um,
1: so but on on that point sorry Dennis yeah, um, no, I've not even I've not even spoken to you this spoken to you about this before um but that's an area that we are exploring actively at the moment so our product at the moment is purposely built for performance teams so the ones in high performance environments but it doesn't ma- doesn't mean what we do isn't applicable or of interest or of value to the average player because the appetite's certainly there and we've seen it when we've gone to clubs for They're discussing the game, but it's very much on feel. But we know that we can use technology and build technology to be able to create something pretty special in the sport where you can use that court, capture the footage, being able to create automatic highlight reels, being able to then sit across with a coffee or a beer after the game and see who's that amazing rally or whether that point was actually in or out. Um, and then see who made the most mistakes but you need data and and video to be able to kind of be the medium around that conversation and that's something we can do so we're exploring the latest technologies to be able to help us get there um, and with the right partners but it's not too far away I think to be able to build with the appetite that paddle has to build some really smart courts and to be able to kind of go into that space too so bringing our learnings from high performance and what the best in the game do and also being able to capture maybe a little bit more on a consumer level but instead of it just being you turn it up and go something that you can take home with you a lot more and the most strategic forward-thinking people involved in the sport know that's where it needs to be able to go to.
0: Yeah, and and uh, when you say that, it's actually quite interesting because obviously there's a there's a lot of like tracking devices and track- tracking uh, apps on on tennis, on golf, and and they are they they must be. <laughs> I I don't really know. Like it would be quite cool to to know what I'm doing wrong on a tennis court uh because I've been playing since I was four years old. So you know, to to get something like uh, like this going on on like yeah, I should I shouldn't really be hitting that many cross courts, or I shouldn't like like I should be taking every third ball down the line or something like that would be quite cool because that's when when you actually realize okay, you you have you have a gut feeling on what you should be playing against each player, but mm-hmm. then when you see the data and what the data brings on the table as a semi-professional player, it actually, it actually works out quite well. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think it's, it's an interesting um, concept on, on doing a dedicated, like I would say court system or, or how mm-hmm. should I put it uh, for that sort of environment? Cause I think even the, like the amateur players are even more keen to, to know what they're doing wrong then there's certainly person. like the appetite there yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and, and i cannot agree more because i think when you when you see like all these uh all these really really funky amateurs who have like the best year uh they they pay i don't know 30 40 quid twice a week for a good coach and then you're like okay the appetite is there we just need someone who actually fills that one in and that's when you guys come in so that's mm-hmm. that's that's great and um and what i wanted to ask is is also um on what, so how does that exactly work? Cause you said high performance, but I would like to understand it a little bit more on the steps on how you analyze
1: each, every step of the way. So right, currently um, we'll, we can use any footage in any video. So historical stuff that we can access through open source or um, so on, but it's our performance analysts that will have their robust, robust collection techniques. Or watch the video and being able to generate the data, and that usually takes say fifty percent more than the the length of a game. So that's the reason why. But there's a reason where there's value in that because it means we can collect something exactly the data exactly to wrap, to answer the performance question. So, for example, that you could have one country that has a slightly different methodology or understanding of what an attacking position is compared to the other. So we need to be able to collect two slightly different. Data sets for these two. However, when it comes down to maybe a consumer level, we're interested in quite similar things. So then we can start to leverage like artificial um, intelligence or computer vision to be able to generate the data sets that mean you can use. And um, when we go down to our paddle clubs to understand like mistakes, winners, errors in out score, um, shot type, and so on, um, and position traveled around the court, that we can then start to create much more generic data set that we can we can then leverage in much more different ways. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we are now in terms of, like, we've got much more hands-on approach with our partners in the sport through the product, and then all of the data will feed into a really cool dashboard that anyone can interrogate, use, filter, and then it will create automatic video playlists. And then when we come to more of the really smart court approach, it will be through a much more computer vision model um, where – we can turn up to the court, maybe there's through an app or something that you say, yes, I want my game recorded. we put in the player names in um, and then go from there. So that's in that's in development um, and that's the one that will probably really excite um, the sport. But paddles, lucky in a way that the court is the same size. It's a fixed court. It's not like where if we wanted to go and play football, we'd have an open pitch, the camera will stretch the whole the whole field. Um, and where that comes a little bit hard, it might need to be either operated on things like that whereas with a paddle court it's fixed it's the same size the data sets maybe in terms of like position travel and things like that are relative to each other um so it's one way we can start to catch up and do something pretty cool quite quickly
0: uh, yeah, I mean, you said that and, and even the tennis courts have uh, have a bit different sort of uh, size because you, you have a you have the back or the side where you where you get a bit more and then obviously the tennis court is the same size mm-hmm. not as necessarily as a football pitch because the football pay, pitch is different. But um, I don't really agree, not with you, with you, what you said so far, I agree mm-hmm. with everything, but I don't really agree with with that point of view that paddle is not that good to watch on tv i don't know if you watch any any sort of professional paddle but i i really enjoy it i i, I covered the the professional tour uh the wpt which will be premier paddle from next year and um i think it's really good for tv um i'm actually quite surprised that uh, last year bt sports now tnt sports was covering it in the uh, in the yeah. uk now there's there's nothing there's just the the apps um premier Paddle is on youtube and and there's the wpt app where you can still watch it but it's still not the same as on the on the large screen um do you watch it
1: yeah i think it's i agree i think it's fascinating the bits that i think work for tv is also that camaraderie you get between parents and players So sometimes it could be quite close in a tennis game. Uh, For example, if you're going to compare it to that, but just the nature of paddle, there'll be appreciation for a good shot. There'll be frustration for that unforced error. There'll be the parents working out how's their strategy. We can say, do we slow things down? And then you'll get them wow points that will go viral. Um, You go, oh my word, what have I just seen? How has he or she done that? Um, And then that what people people can pick up a racket and play and get a good rally going within minutes. So there's also that association of like, I can do that. I can give it a go. And there's that attachment there uh, and relationship between understanding what they're going through. And then when you're watching the elite level play, you're like, Oh my word, like this is completely different game. We saw that at the pro-am with some of the shots that the professionals are playing to get compared to the celebrities. Um, And everyone, not just the three other people in the court, but watching around going, okay, wow. Like, and then, to try and give it a go. Um, but no, it's the the pace, and it doesn't always mean quick pace. It could be like the more strategy um, games that where they tried to slow it down um, and keep themselves in there. But that's where um, I think it's been able to capture the audience that it has done. Okay, I'll
0: get back to that question because you you really dodged the bullet. So are you watching the WPT?
1: I've watched this year. Um, I must have I watched the last one in Madrid and Valada did um the analysts have certainly watched much more than me because they've had to generate other data on the games but no it's one that i think hopefully we can get some more coverage in um in the uk but I, and i think that's where we can step in anyway scallop has help us try and put some more color on it too whether it be from which type of styles of players should we watch out for who are the ones that are kind of on an upward trajectory in terms of what are their data saying i mean, add a bit more color that way
0: yeah, no, it's a hundred percent. I I do. Uh, I mean, I, I cover. Uh, I I watch it all the time. I, I watch every tournament. Uh, I've got a few favorites, and um, and it's great that those guys are not those massive stars yet. So it's it, they're really approachable when when they go. Like um, a lot of my friends, they they went out and watched um, in in Sweden, for example. There was uh, last week. Uh, the WPT was in Malmö and and they they can just go like really close to the players they're lovely they're like doing selfies and and their their smiles are genuine so that's that's the love of for the game there's a few guys like we we talked about LeBron and galan with with Pablo uh, a few weeks ago that they're like these these massive stars of the game who are like sponsored by Red Bull and you know what like when when you're when you're sponsored by Red, Red Bull you made it like that's that's almost like a given. So when when you actually have Red Bull on your shirt, you're doing something right. And and I think and I think it's just great to see that these guys are still not like, you know, those stars who you who you cannot really approach, who's who's not going to be uh smiling, you know, just on the camera and that's sort the of thing. So that that's that's great to see and and I think now that next year there there's going to be a lot more money because uh, Premier Paddle is is, mm-hmm. is really really investing a lot of money into it, and I think uh, it will it will be good for for the professional tour as well. Not that there's not a lot of money already, uh, but if we compare, there was a there was a funny stat a few months ago. What I've seen that the 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 whole prize money for the whole year is the same as what Djokovic earned on the um, on the tour finals. Mm -hmm. in tennis so you sort of you sort of look at that and you're like oh okay so it's still it's still a long way to go and the other problem with it it's not a rent but it's just an observation rather than anything else if we want these guys to perform on the level what they need to perform on they cannot really have um like a tournament every week it's ridiculous like Mm -hmm. the performance what they have to put in is just absolutely unreal and yeah, so so I uh, what I also wanted to ask is that you you I guess you would like to get into the LTA or you w- would like to get a a, spon- um, a partnership uh, with the LTA because that
1: would make a world of difference in the UK, right? Right, and conversations are good. Um, so in terms of like here in the UK, like I'm really looking forward to seeing like how the LTA's paddle team, the newly established paddle team, can grow there. African Development, Talent ID, Coach education Programme to ensure that we can grow consistently to co- compete soon at the top level. They understand that they need data and ev- evidence-based thinking behind a lot of that strategy, and that's something that they want to work with Skylab on. So that's something that we're really helpful, but we understand that like, we, this is a global game, so it's those conversations that we're also having with other national governing bodies, partners, events, and so on. Um, that we can really help in terms of support with technological advancement. So um, certainly, and that's something that was like in terms of the position, that's something where you can have really cool impact and start to see it grow quite quickly and start to catch up with other, other nations too. And it's those that are using products like these that will be able to do so um, to support different environments. So, it's not one where it's just the small data team in, in, in the back corner of an office and that's their job. This is the this is a type of information and value that needs to go across every single department. Um so certainly. But it's the tournaments too that I think we can add a lot of value to as well, in terms of they need to grow. If they want to get on a similar level as as tennis, they need to grow awareness, attract larger fan bases. Um, but that's where the ambition is and and it's through these activations that um or simulations that they can do so what countries are you actually
0: operating in so is there any other country apart from the uk where you actually just have like if if not a signed deal but like an mm-hmm. almost signed deal so uh what's uh what's the plan for uh uh for getting your name out there um what
1: what i'd say i'd say all of them um and that's one of the fantastic reasons of like why we we work with dartfish they work across europe and certainly with a lot of um tennis associations too so the conversations and the interest is there and we made sure the interest was there to like one guide us in terms of the development um but also gone to for example egypt um there's north american conversations too um they mentioned pickleball a little bit more um, but some of these practices can, can certainly like transfer to that as well but outside of paddle we work across the world so we're, we're there in terms of high performance departments and also on the on the digital teams of a lot of a lot of these organizations. So um compensate this is just one small thing of what we do. It's certainly not a thing that's kind of like a commercial thing for us because the sport's not quite established as that. It's one where we, it's we can certainly have that big impact. And that's kind of part of our our ethos, really.
0: And how do you see Paddle growing in? In the UK as well as 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 in Europe. So, what's your opinion on that? I'd
1: love. Everyone's recognised accessibility needs to improve in the UK. So, it's more accessible courts. It doesn't always need to be fancy courts and and top of the range. There could also be more recreational ones in local parks. So, people in areas where they don't have the space, so like central London or central cities, where there's high dense to dense populations with expensive square footage for sports venues and things we've also been able to build them in parts that'd be really interesting um to see how that develops with their ambition to build hundreds of courts across the country and that would mean that you don't necessarily need a car to be able to play paddle which is restrictive already so i think if uh here in great britain if you want to be able to develop a youth pathway that needs to improve and the spades in the ground to be able to go through that way and that's where we being able to think open-minded in terms of how we can use technology to be able to capture that participation, that those activities can start to lead and, and open and facilitate those pathways too. So that's where I think for us to be an established nation in the sport, um, that's where I think Great Britain needs to kind of go first, that the infrastructure needs to be there. Across across Europe, I think it's more so the, the acceleration of the professionalisation of the game. So more viewers being able to capture that, being able to put a more professional product out on there, which is why like Premier Paddle have a, I've seen that with their investments that that they're doing. And I think that's where it'll go. You'll start to see a lot more full-time paddle players. Um, and then I think you'll see more nations catch up with the likes of Spain and Argentina too. Um, and hopefully a few, a few different flags on, on say the top top ranking charts, um, just because of the way that competition works
0: yeah the, i can just say a, f- a funny thing is that i i think uh it's just easier to shout in spanish i think that's why they're that good <laughs> because they're just always communicating with each other and and it's just like a lot easier and a lot more fun to shout in spanish than in english maybe i don't know uh but no all jokes aside i mean i'm i'm really into that and 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 i think it would be it would be amazing to see apart from the latin and not that i have any problem with the latin nations but it would be mm-hmm. quite cool to see like a german or a dutch or or even a hungarian making it and 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 being there but we are still i would say almost a decade away from 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 actually doing something great in there cuz i think it it needs to start from from like a really young age but funny enough there's there's quite a few converted tennis players and on the top of the game like uh, there's um jose maria who's number one in the women's game and she's a converted mm-hmm. tennis player there's Gemma triai who was uh, world number one for years and and she is a converted tennis player so you know it's 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 doable it's uh it's about the right coaches it's about the right data definitely a hundred percent that's why i really wanted to talk to you as well because i think um we we mentioned that and i and i want to bring it here as well because i think the uh the most well-known data analyst in in apart from like the american sports where everything is data driven and you can actually see how different and how professional professional that is and also how unprofessional it can be when you when you see the draft and and mm-hmm. what's happening in the american sports but i i wanted to mention mike james here who who we who we mentioned and who's uh who's in in the um uh rune holger rune team um in tennis and he's always there he's always smiling he's always he's always really pushing rune for uh for better results mm-hmm. um and he's part of the muratoglu academy team and and he stayed on with with renee so uh so yeah i i think he's he's a guy who uh who's who's worth checking out because he's he's really good but i think um i think in general it, it is vital to have the the information and if you have a video system behind it as you guys are doing it's it's just a great tool as you say, from the grassroots up to the professionals, and and we are always saying the professionals uh, because that's who you see on TV. But we need maybe we need a, a mayor as um, as good as as um, as the president in in Spain was because apparently that's when that's when it all like started to boom when mm-hmm. when there was a president who absolutely loved paddle and he put paddle courts into into every park available. So that's that's pretty much what we need but I think until then we we need to get away with what we have at the moment and just build more courts there's always more courts like uh i wanted to mention here rocket paddle is opening one in in so uh so that's going to be quite cool um they have the biggest complex in the uk already here in bristol where you're always welcome so just please let me know when you're when you're around and we'll we're just gonna play some paddle um and i and i would possibly also mention that it's quite cool to to come down for a for a weekend to maybe talk to to these owners of of, of these clubs because uh because there's definitely like match i does that i think they they do have uh, a live tv where you can watch the matches it's not the same thing obviously you cannot really have the angles as the professionals and that sort of thing but it's still it's still quite enjoyable and no it's a
1: really like cool them, platform yeah, um, yeah we've experienced yeah, yeah. it and i know like they're friends at the podcast too um but like just jumping back onto like for, for example Mike and different performance analysis like being able to use that as a discipline to help uh even simple things like opposition analysis that maybe isn't as, as done as well as it can do in some in some tournaments um just because of the time but we speed that up within what could be a late night four-hour project into a 10-minute task and then your last point on video it's so important to get that buy-in and that context against the data too so instead of um, the The analyst delivering a report and saying this, or I know you made X amount of errors or this amount of errors off the back glass on your backhand, and then maybe there's a little bit of disagreement or you don't quite believe it. But then if you can see it straight away of what that means, the buy-in's there. You understand the coach understands. You understand what to work on, and vice versa. If you're looking at the opposition too, so it's a really magical combination of one. Here's the, the like the raw evidence presented in a way that's really easy to understand, not only just in your charts and numbers of what you want to see, but also being straight able to see, actually see it in action at the video immediately um, is where people have got excited and started like, well, it could be a light bulb moment or like, how do I get my hands on this? Um, but we'll be able to, like one now, we've got that for the professionals and then working on how we can open that up to uh, clubs, um, communities and, and and consumers too so really interesting area but one like we're not going away in the spot like we're in it now and, and we're growing so
0: I might put you on the spot with this question but I don't know if you know the answer to that uh do you know roughly how the um all all the the possible points in tennis you you usually the winner just like in a in a fairly close match they usually get like one or two more points like 52 to 48 percent. Yeah. How is that
1: different in Paddle? Do you know? It's pretty similar and that surprised me too. So even if it was over the end of the game, there may be like a few, say if you've got your, your free sets and and one was a six love, even they could be really similar after that because to be able to get the game, it still could be juice so 40-30. Um, I found it interesting in terms of it wasn't too important about first serve percentage. That was like an interesting one too. So people had used to. Because the serve is a lot easier than the second serve in tennis, if we're going to talk about that or like compare it. You can force yourself or force your hand a lot more on the first serve knowing you got the backup of the second. That was like an interesting strategy that came out the back of the data. But no, um, it showed a lot closer in terms of like, the points too, which is when you can start to low, if it's close on just the face of things, when you're asking like points against points of one and against points of the other, but if you want to go at that level deeper and maybe spot something that's maybe 75% against 25%, you can start to filter it that way. And it could be the position you are on the court, you win 75% of your points. And then you start to understand, okay, we well, do, we need to do that more. How do we get ourselves into that position to be able to win that point or the position at the final shot um, or where to put the ball down the tee or out wide, or when the opponent's under a bit of stress, maybe it's a bit of a clutch point where they're reduced down. Where, where's their go-to serve? And if you have that as as a player in your mind through the research that you've done or been provided to, um, you can really start to elevate your, your performances on the court.
0: Look, I I can go on for days about data analysts uh, and data analyzing and and what what this does to our sport um either tennis or or paddle i cannot really talk about football because uh i mean i i do know and i know that you're you're a liverpool fan so uh big up for uh, for dominic suboslay here as well um mm-hmm. and and um what i want to definitely say to you and that's that's one of my closing thoughts is that you're as i say you're more than welcome to come to bristol anytime i'll get us a good game um and and I think what you're doing um is really really vital to grow the sport um I think it is it is something which is sometimes overlooked and it's not because usually people talk about like the gear the the hours of of of, of play on court uh but usually they don't really look at the data which is so important and and in the in in the major leagues, in, um, in the states they they realized that like 20 30 years ago so they they literally have data for everything. So I'm hoping that Skylab will be um I mean the, the name is quite interesting so I'm not going to go into like the Terminator terms and that sort of thing. Uh, but with Skynet but I I think I think it's it's great that uh, that you're you're using uh, um this this whole concept to grow the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously wish you all the best um the the invitation is is open and thank you very much for your time
1: and i and i hope you enjoyed it oh it's been a pleasure um exploring it if anyone of the listeners wants to see the product themselves and play with it they just need to get in touch with with me whether it be skylab.com um or kieran skinner that you'll probably have it in the notes um you're more than welcome to be able to explore things but also i'll take your invitation to come down to bristol get that game going maybe we can get up a camera and and start to capture some data but really for for uh, the elite players it's not marginal gains in this case it's it's really tap-ins when in terms of how they can really um make a difference to try and improve their performances and and take themselves to the next level
0: thank you very much kieran it has been a pleasure
1: thank you all the best